Hey, happy Monday, everyone, especially our neighbors to the south who are enjoying their long Memorial Day weekend. And welcome to the 50th episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. A couple things to get to. First, a big congrats to Florida Southwestern Buccaneers who captured the NJCAA Division I crown this past weekend, defeating Grayson 5-1. FSW captured the first D1 championship title in school history after going a perfect 5-0 in the tournament. Also, a big congrats to NCAA Softball, who finally got the exposure it deserved on Saturday as Oklahoma and Washington played to a national audience on ABC. You know, it was so nice to be able to watch a game live up here in Canada, and I'm really intrigued to see what the ratings are going to be when they're released. I, uh, I have a feeling they're going to be pretty big. Um, also, I've, I have a very strong feeling that ABC, or any other network for that matter, might be looking to broadcast more in the future. You know, like maybe next weekend's Women's College World Series? <laughs> anyway, fingers are crossed. Uh, this week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Florida as Jasmine Francic takes home the weekly honors. Jasmine pitched a perfect game on Saturday with 17 strikeouts, while also going 3-for-6 at the plate, as her and the Atlanta Vipers Hudson won their first two games at the USA Elite Dual Qualifier in Seminole, Florida. Great job, Jasmine, and best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Vice President of Communications and Operations for the ISC, play-by-play announcer with Ballpark Broadcasting, and coach with the 2016 ISC World Champion Toronto Gators, Blair Seffert. Blair is well-known in the men's fast-pitch circles, with his work with the International Softball Congress over the years, his fantastic calls on Ballpark Broadcasting, which has seen him behind the mic for numerous huge events, including men's WBSCs, ISC Worlds, and Canadian Nationals, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Blair on getting a start in the game in Jordan, Ontario, becoming involved in the executive side of the game, that amazing 2016 world title win with the Toronto Gators, as well as much, much more. Blair was such a great guy to have on for our milestone 50th episode, as he can not only tell a good story, but has such a rich knowledge of the game that it makes those stories even better. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on I can't describe what I'm feeling Ain't never felt this freedom I've got the world in my palm Lights, camera, action, it's on Ain't never felt this freedom Could you, could you say that anything goes Fiftieth episode. Hey, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love these buttons, man. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are good, you? Good, good, thank you. Good. <laughs> I'm a lot better now than I was uh, there a couple weeks ago, and I was swearing quite a bit on that. <laughs> yeah, podcast you were actually. Robbie. My mother called me about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> actually, no. I had a text from Jeff Frazier. Did you? He's like, man, you swore a lot in that. <laughs> I actually talked to Frazier about that. Oh, I said did you? he did swear. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's fine. That was. You got to do those things, man. Not like me. No, no, no like it wasn't. Me. But no. uh, 50th episode. Yes, that's exciting. Unreal. Super exciting. Yeah, <laughs> 50 already. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
And we have a crazy, crazy guest today yep. who probably knows more than anybody in the game, I would guess. Yep. We had Blair, Blair, yep. Blair Seffert on here. Uh, yes, sir. He's going to... Uh, I'm feeling this might be a Peaches episode. It can't be. It's too nice out, <laughs> I know. It is really nice out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nice out. Yeah. We got to make sure we get through this. Uh, I guess this is a happy uh, May 2-4 weekend May for those people that are listening. Uh, I know that's not May 2-4 when this comes out, but it yep. certainly is for us right now. Yeah. And, Long uh, weekend. It's nice. It's a beautiful day today. It is. And... Uh, COVID cases? <laughs> oh, fuck, I love that button. Yeah, so 85 today, 185 recoveries, though, which is yep. sick. Yeah. Two deaths, unfortunately, in the central zone, which is the HRM area. Yeah. Uh, very sad. It, it's funny because, you know, we're in those high double digits, but we get excited about the recoveries now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what was it like three months ago, two months ago? We were saying, oh, shit, we have six cases. Yeah. 85? Yeah. Anyway, let's just keep plugging away. Keep plugging away. I told you earlier, I, so I got an email from Softball Nova Scotia today, and uh, Atlantic Championships have been canceled for, I believe it's U14 female and male, U16 female male, uh, U19 male, and I believe intermediate women's, all that were being hosted within Atlantic Canada, they've all been canceled today. Yeah. So that's kind of sad. Because it it's is. canceled already. Yeah. So it's not looking great for for ball this summer. I, I don't know what's going to take place as far as league play goes, but uh, I know they're doing everything they can and, and hopefully we just continue to get our cases down and uh, everybody gets vaccinated, well, which, is, that, which is super important. The vaccines, the last couple of days been over 20,000 people. Yeah, that's like, crazy. That's really good. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it has to be getting high now for everybody that's been vaccinated as far as, well, except for the younger ones. Right. But well, listen to Ian Rankin today during this press conference. He said, uh, we're going to hit 500,000 Wow. As far as the first dose. Oh, good. So, I mean. Well, it's half. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. It's uh, progression for sure. Yeah. Keep going. But yeah. like I said, I mean, that last, <laughs> the last podcast we did together there, I was feeling kind of shitty. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, one thing that's picked me up is uh, NHL playoffs. Yeah. Pretty sick. Man. The Habs. Well. No, no. Shut up. No. The you know Habs. what? I will say that. Hey, okay. <laughs> I will say this from that. Okay. This is going to be a week. From yeah, exactly. So it's going to be dated, play. but that fight with Felino and Perry was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in hockey yeah. in my life. Yeah, Corey Perry did not mean to hit John Tavares in the head. No, I, you know what? Corey Perry is a dirty hockey player. Yeah, he always has been. He, he plays with an edge. Yes, I cannot say, and, and we don't know for sure, but I, in my heart of hearts, there's no way someone tries to knee a guy in the head yeah. on the ice, especially, and they're buddies as well. Right. So that's ridiculous. But Felino's excuse was, well, my captain was on the ice. My captain was on the ice. I had to do something about it. <laughs> you fucking toolbox. I know. If I'll pair you, couldn't fight me. <laughs> and the, well, he probably could. But. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think Felino hurt his team more when that happened because- Perry didn't throw a punch. He was no. more or less like, okay, I'm going to take this because, you know, I guess it's the unwritten rule, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it pissed off the rest of the Canadians. And you yeah. look at Shea Weber during, before it even happened. Yeah. He was most not the Felino. Like, he what was. are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I, as soon as that happened, man, the Habs just took over that game. Well, we scored right after that. Exactly. Yeah. And. Well, you're part of our group chat. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Felino. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not a Habs fan at all, but yeah, I, know. I would be. I'd be happy if they beat out Toronto now yeah, because too. of that, because of that happening. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I hope it does happen anyway, because yeah. I want them to be Toronto. Exactly. I hate Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side of it, yeah. the, the other thing that really I love is the fact, you know, watching Carolina Nashville series oh, and Florida, God. Tampa Bay, 
to fans in the stands, I know. it feels like shit's getting back to normal. Hockey's back to normal. Yeah. Like, and, and then you go to Canada and Tavares gets hit and it's dead silence <laughs> it's dead in the silence. entire building. I know. It was very eerie. Actually. It was. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. I hope he's doing well. Gosh, that yeah. was very sad to see yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you're right. And you know what? That Tampa, Florida series. Holy unreal. shit. They're killing each other, man. <laughs> I, I know. It's unbelievable hockey. Yeah. Same as Boston and Washington though. I'm enjoying watching that. Yeah. It's really good. The only thing, the only thing about that series that made me mad is the last game where they put Samson off in, yeah. in nets. Yeah. And whoever the announcing crew is for NBC, keep calling him Samsonov. Yeah, like Samsonov. That's, that's how they're pronouncing it. Like <sighs> Samsonov. It's like they're Wasn't doing- was Pierre Maguire? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but I was like, I can't even watch this now because it's Samson off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. put it all together. Come Samsonite. on. Samsonite. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Swanson. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's a- uh, that's one thing put me back in good yeah, spirits. Yeah, it's and, exciting. Yeah. Not to mention the weather's starting to warm up. So, yes. you know, I've been over to the ball field many times without without a ball or a bat or a glove, but I just <laughs> go over there and sit there and look at the field. <laughs> no, I just, I get over with my dog. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. I had to do that. That's fine. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we got a big uh, episode here. 50th, yeah, 50th Flair's effort. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. He's, uh, he's witnessed a lot of stuff that's happened in this game yeah i'm excited to hear about his stories for yep, sure yep. he's uh he's seen way more than we have absolutely um it's exciting because uh, he gets to do that mm. and uh, he does a very good job but of course mm-hmm. and he knows the game not like listening to some of those ncaa uh announcers i don't know if you listen to any of that stuff the, the girls ball yeah yeah she threw a slider <laughs> what that looked like a two-seam fastball <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here comes the fast pitch. <laughs> uh, one thing uh, uh, you're touching on the NCAA. I yeah. will say this: they need instant replay. Um, some yeah. of some of the calls that, especially yeah. like now, like it's getting big down there. Like as it's far as exposure there. goes, yeah. Yeah. like there's instant replay in other sports in NCAA. Yeah. Like, why not make it? They have all the camera oh, angles from ESPN because it's softball, Randy. But uh, it doesn't like, matter. We're looked down upon. It, like, we're it's not, ridiculous. We're not a big game. They're missing a lot of calls, and yeah. and it's costing it. Like, I would hate for that to be in like a missed call be an outcome for somebody to win, yeah. win the women's college world series. That's That'd right. be terrible. Yeah, it's good ball though, man. Oh, it's so fun to watch. They can I love play. It. Eh? Yeah, forgets wicked to watch. Yeah. Well, I send you those every once in a while. I'm, I'm on TikTok. Mm. Who was it I sent you today? Oh, the, the uh, Lisa Fernandez change oh, up. <laughs> that was amazing. It looked like it was coming 100 miles an hour, and then it looked like a beach ball, and then it was dipped. She, and she buckled the girl like twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I like watching that stuff. Yep, 100. I'm lucky enough to have the Big Ten Network, so I get to watch a lot of it too. Do you? Yeah. I did not know. Oh, East Link. Yeah, you're not invited over. Oh, okay. You're not in my it's bubble. Can't. COVID. <laughs> You're not in my bubble. <laughs> uh, right, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder how many times Blair's going to get that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop touching it. So. <laughs> anyway, well, let's get to Blair. Yes, sir. All let's right. have a good one. Yo. Here we go. Blair, thanks for coming on the podcast, pal. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for uh, being asked and the opportunity to join you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. One thing I want to say there, Randy, uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> it's it's from- P-O-D, by the way. No. Welcome aboard, Brad. No, uh, I'm in Boston. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay, sorry, Blair. Sorry. So, uh, cocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, Monique, and the kids making out? 
Well, you know what, we are doing fine. Um, you know, the, the province of Ontario here just announced the, the reopening plans yesterday. It's going to be a long, slow process, but uh, I was talking to Kyle Smith uh, this morning and then A.J. Moses this afternoon, and we're already uh, starting to think about uh, where and how and when we can get a ball season going here in Ontario. Oh, wow, yeah. Right on. So, so are you guys allowed to golf yet? Or <laughs> I'm teeing off tomorrow at 10.15, yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. I can't. I still can't believe that Ontario wasn't allowed to golf. Like that, Yeah. so weird. And a lot of yeah, people can't so believe it. Was, that. Yeah, I, I certainly am glad I'm not a business owner. It's just been so Oof. frustrating with the... Uh, lockdown come out of it right back into it and uh you know but uh you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel it looks like let's hope it's not an on-rushing train yeah for sure yeah really how's everything looking as far as covid cases i know we don't want to talk about covid a lot but uh how are cases right now in ontario well they're trending way downwards i don't uh follow the day, the nightly news anymore it just gets too frustrating yeah, but yeah. I, I know a month ago we were over four thousand, and then the last time I looked, it was down to about 1,500, but, okay. you know, the trend is in the right direction. They're setting records literally every day for the number of people getting vaccinated. So, Fantastic. Um, you know, my wife and I, we got our shots about a month ago. Our kids who are, you know, 19 and 23, they've both had their shots. So, oh, good. Um, oh, nice. It's, it's happening. So. Well, that's good news. That's yeah, good to hear. I think we got the news today that uh, 25, 25, 25 up, yeah. and up. Can, get can start getting their shots. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, that's progression, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, before we, uh, before we get into your, your career and everything and, and all the roles that you, you play, let's yeah. get into, uh, quick pitches and, uh, Oh, hope he's going to press Wait, it. We get into quick pitches. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to quick oh. pitches. <laughs> oh man. He loves pressing those buttons, Blair. That's all he let me do. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw ten questions for you, and uh, they're random. And they're terrible too, by the way. <laughs> they're so random, and uh, you answer them as best you can. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. First one: Who's winning the Stanley Cup? Oh my God, I'm a diehard Leaf fan, but I don't see anybody beating Colorado this year. Okay. Uh, if you had to said Leafs, I was gonna say thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he's a Habs fan. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I know. I know. That's fine. <laughs> we won't talk about the game last night. Anyway, uh, <laughs> good choice though. Colorado looks good. Next one uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? God help us. <laughs> no. Okay. I put way too much thought into that. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the best sporting event you've ever seen live? Um, well, there's a couple fastball games I'd love to bring up, but I was at the 96 Great Cup, the Snow Bowl with uh, Hamilton, or it was in Hamilton with the Toronto Argonauts. Oh, right. Duty. So yeah, I'm cool. not a huge CFL fan, but I am going to go with that one. Oh, oh cool. That's that cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That's Jeez. neat. Uh, what would be the worst buy one, get one free sale of all time? <laughs> Good luck with answering this. <laughs> yeah, we tried. Oh, and um, you don't have to pay for a vasectomy, so... <laughs> Wow. Um, skinny jeans? <laughs> All right. <laughs> good. That's a good one, yeah. He's way smarter than us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Who's your sports idol? Well, I grew up uh, idolizing Daryl Sittler. Um, and and then when I got into my uh, my teens, it was Wendell Clark. So I, wore, I tried to wear either 17 or 27 for those guys in most of my ball career. Oh, that's cool. Nice. That's nice. cool. Uh, best place you've had a family vacation? 
Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked this one because I think you asked Robbie O'Brien the same thing, and I was thinking about Kimberly, this. Wisconsin. So I, <laughs> no, it was not Kimberly, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so two places: uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, and Maui. Jesus, <laughs> that's quite a contrast. They're, they're nothing alike, <laughs> yeah. but we had just an absolute blast when we were down as a family at that Rumble in the Rock tournament in 2016 with the Gators. Oh, right, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. We got shown so much hospitality by yeah. all the guys on the on the team. Ryan Bolin leading the charge there, and then we did a family vacation a couple of years prior to that in Maui, and uh, oh. hard to beat those two spots. Yeah, I have to agree with Newfoundland. St. John's is one of my oh, favorite spots. It's unreal. I People love are it. incredible. The place yeah. is incredible. Yeah. yeah. You bet. There's yeah. a bar every stumble. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so fun. Speaking about a Boland, uh, first words out of your mouth when Shane Boland hit the walk-off in 2016. I'm going to go with yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was amazing. We'll get, we'll get into more of that in a, a little bit on. All uh, right. Uh, if you had to live off one food for a full week, what would it be? Mm. Ribeyes. <laughs> yes, it could be ribeyes. Uh, I'm going to go with lasagna. Oh, yeah. good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Some carbs. I think I picked soft tacos. Mm. I love soft tacos. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, What's the biggest thing you missed since the pandemic hit? Oh, entertaining our friends and our neighbors. Um, just the the ability to socialize. Yeah, yeah. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah and last one: best player in the game of fast pitch you've got to witness live. Oh man, that's a real tough one yeah. because we have seen some absolute greats over the years. Um, I gotta go with Darren Zach in uh, circa nineteen ninety seven. Right on, right on. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid pick right there. Yeah, yeah, he would be <laughs> hard to beat. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to cause too many arguments with that. I don't one. Think no, so. no, no. Hopey, who who would yours be? Lolly. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a second see lolly i do love you man <laughs> lolly is my one of my favorites yeah. and you still owe me a beer <laughs> yeah. i think i think mine would be smitty mark smith oh yeah yeah back in mid 80s yeah. late 80s oh yeah I, got, I never got to see mark play uh, um unreal but obviously his yeah, his exploits are, are legendary i got to dig into some of the isc history um, since we weren't playing and, and I wasn't doing the guide, I did some research for the hall of fame stuff and, and the, the exploits of some of the boys in the fifties and sixties are pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, I yeah, suppose. 100%. Yeah. I, I would actually have to, have to say Smitty's probably, well, he's definitely top three because I did get to play with him in 94 at nationals in Saskatoon and the guy was a machine. Yeah. He was taking line drives off the thighs and throwing guys out and he pitched <laughs> all the big games. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, Blair, uh, let's get on to, let's get on to you. Uh, when and where'd you get your start in the game? And I got to cut you off here, Blair. Oh, okay. So first of all, if you listen to Justin Schofield's uh, episode that we, when we interviewed him, he was our first one. And <laughs> so that was 50 episodes ago. Oh right. yeah. You're the 50th episode. Yeah, you're the by 50th the way. episode, by the way. It's a big oh, one for us. Hey, and that's why we invited you on. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So Justin, we asked him the same question and he talked for about an hour about Mount Uniac minor ball. And when he was four, five, six, seven, and eight years old and every goddamn story he had about Mount Uniac minor ball. <laughs> so if you could do us a favor, just <laughs> kind of condense it, condense it for us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for scope. Yeah. <laughs> One of my, one of the absolute favorites in the game too. I, I love Justin like a brother. Yeah, same here, my friend. Oh, 
So yeah, so so when where where when did you get your well, start? In the game? I, I grew up I grew up in a small town called Lincoln, Ontario, and at the east end of Lincoln was Jordan, a little village called Jordan, and they had a full sports complex. They had the arena there for hockey in the winter, and they had a full softball setup with house league and rep teams. And at the other end of Lincoln was was a little town called Beansville, and they had their own setup of arenas and, and softball and everything. So this little town of fewer than ten thousand people had two full athletic complexes set up. So I grew up in Jordan. Um, I think I was six or seven when I started. Um, I made the rep team and squirt. In I'm going to date myself in 1979. Yep. Uh, and that team. Uh, and the core group of guys, we we played together all the way up into junior. We won five provincial championships in six years between 79 and 84 from Squirt to Bantam. Yep. Now, you know, there was no Eastern Canadians back in those days. So that was it. Like, yeah, okay, great. And tomorrow is school. So <laughs> right. uh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. 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 Um, but I guess we peaked too early because I never got to play in the Canadians. Uh, back in those days, uh, back in the day, like we're ancient, they only ever took one team out of Ontario. It wasn't like the three or four that uh, that get to go these days. So, yeah. Um, our best finish in midget was third behind uh, St. Catharines and, and Aging Court. And I think there were 30 teams that year wow. in 1986 with the midget limbs. That's crazy. That's, wow. Think about that now. That's midget crazy. limbs. That's in Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. is nuts. Well, it, it's funny. And I mean, I remember I, I did this. Um, I, I was unemployed for a spell and I did a, a documentary with Pete Landers and Bobby Smith. And, and Bobby Smith was the captain of the Richmond Hill Dines, who were a club team that won the world championship for Canada in 1972. Yeah. And, and Bobby back then said, and it was true today. Uh, the hardest thing to do was to win to get out of Ontario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so the next year in 87 was our first year in junior. And that was actually our best finishing junior, my best finishing junior anyway. At least we finished fourth. Uh, and there were 36 teams that year at the junior <laughs> That's Even finishing fourth, that's quite an accomplishment. 36 teams. Yeah. Jesus. That is a yeah, loss. it was, and I mean the the junior team that went on that year, they walked through the Canadian St. Mary's. Okay, uh, th- that was Dale Levy. No, sorry, uh, Doug Levy, Dale's older brother, Doug, okay. who was probably a better hitter, uh, if you can imagine that. Wow. Um, uh, just you know, some other guys who who went on to you know some pretty good careers uh, in ball. Yeah over the years and, and do, did other things too. Um, I think I was a couple of years ahead of guys like Todd Martin and Andy Jackson. Uh, so I would see those guys, uh, we would see those guys at times in tournaments, but right. because they were younger than us, uh, it was only every couple of years. Yeah, I gotcha. Man, that's, that's great. Like, just to think about the landscape of ball back then and how, how many how many teams were you were able to have. Like It's just, thinking back, it's just awesome. It's like the well, heyday. It was, it was tremendous, yeah. And I mean, you know, like I said, I think we peaked too early. Um, but we, you know, we played, you know, from our little town in Jordan, we went everywhere and everywhere in tournaments in Toronto and, and up north in Barrie and out east in North Fredericksburg. And I can remember as a kid playing in uh, New Lister, Ontario, which was just north of Sudbury 
on Labor Day weekend, and it snowed in the championship game. <laughs> wow. um, in the provincial championship that wow. year, there was snowflakes coming down. Wow, that's unreal. Like, yeah, think about our our league this year ended. We ended in end late, of October. End of October, and yeah. we were, we were still getting it was pretty cold good weather. Night, it was, but it was yeah, yeah it was still fantastic the, weather. Yeah, the, I can't imagine <laughs> if, if we had to play in snow. Imagine. Amount of complaints we'd have. Holy! Well, Jesus. that was because that's north of Sudbury. Yeah. So yeah. Of course. North. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So after, uh, like, when you were done your minor ball career there, Blair, what, uh, what, did, what did you go into after after you were done your minor ball? Um, well, I wrapped up junior uh, in St. Catharines. I played a couple years in St. Catharines, um, but we never really did anything. We had a, we had the teams to do things. We just uh, kind of crapped about at the limbs, but we played against some really good teams um, that uh, would, would like Canada games teams from other provinces and whatnot. Um, and it's funny. I mean, I would have liked to think that had the age bracket ever worked out, but we never even got a sniff at that um, because it was always like three years ahead of us or two years behind us, that right. type of stuff. But um I do know some guys that, that played on uh, those teams. We were supposed to play the Canada games team. We're sorry, the Canadian junior men's team that had Colin Abbott on it and, uh, and some other guys, they were supposed to play a, a St. Catharines league all-star team. And we had a really good league back in St. Catharines when we were in junior, but um, I guess it got rained out or something like that. But I remember there was a press article about it that made the rounds on Facebook, uh, a couple of years back okay. too. That's too bad. It would have been nice to play against Colin. I would have loved to have been yeah. able to say I got to play against uh, Colin Abbott when he was a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you still, you got into, uh, from doing my research, are you, uh, you got into the golden horseshoe leg? Was that after that, uh, after yeah. a few years uh, off? Well, yeah. So I, I started playing in Mississauga in, in 94, a couple of years off, you know, started a career, got married, bought a house, that type of stuff. Um, and there was a league here in Mississauga that uh, found out about with, uh, with a good friend, Jamie Wiley, who was our pitcher growing up. And, and he ended up moving into a house just down the road from us here. So we joined a team here in the Mississauga league in 94 uh, I got on the league executive in 96. The Golden Horseshoe League uh, helped uh, found that. That came around in about 2003, I think. You know, it's funny where you start playing locally in Mississauga, and like all things kind of with fastball, you have to keep looking further and further afield as, as guys yeah. get older, yeah. they drop out of the game. So we went from playing just locally in Mississauga. Um, we had some teams from Brampton join us. Uh, and then Oakville and Burlington. And eventually we were driving all the way around Lake Ontario down to Niagara Falls to play league games on oh, our drive each way. Yeah. So, um, but still, yeah, the GHL still not too is bad still though. today, which is good. Uh, they've still got, I think, three or four teams in Niagara Falls and three or four teams in Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. So are, are you still playing now or? Uh, no, I, I, uh, I played a couple up until two years ago, three years ago, I guess. Yeah. I, I played a couple of years in, um, in Burlington, but I hung it up when I was 48 or 49. I had kind of wrenched my knee a little bit and, and I'm not the smallest guy in the world. Just couldn't really run effectively anymore. <laughs> not that I ever was much of a runner in the first place, but, uh, uh, no, I hung it up, uh, the glove and the playing field, um, 
2018, I think it was, I guess. Okay, right on. So how did uh, getting into the executive side of the game, how did that all come about? Well, the the league executive at the time had been uh, serving as a league executive in Mississauga, as I understood, for a number of years. And uh, a good friend of mine, David Baker, and I, uh, we had some ideas about what we could do with the league and and different things that – um, kind of took the league in a different direction. They had had a cap on, you know, what they called exceptional players. And, you know, we just thought that that was excluding guys uh, from playing in the Absolutely. league, which, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly what it was doing. Yeah. So, um, we helped to open that up. We, um, we ended up hosting the, uh, the ISC qualifier in 1997. And, and that kind of got me on the road into the ISC. I met a gentleman by the name of Bob McGowan, who okay. was the, um, he was the Ontario commissioner and was about to be taking over the travel league in Ontario. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to be uh, on the travel league executive as like a, a non-affiliated uh, director. And I said, yeah, okay, sure. And and that was really kind of how I got started in the in the in the ISC. Um, there was a bit of a detour there for a couple of years. I, I was the NAFA Ontario director, and it's funny because NAFA AA was kind of the big thing for Ontario intermediate teams right, yeah. in the the nineties and the early two thousand. I think some of the Nova Scotia teams went. So I think Halifax. Yeah, I think yeah, I believe you're right. Yep. Pepper Jacks, maybe if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, that um, was that was later on. I know the Pepper Jacks went, okay. went later on. Yeah. Okay. We actually call them the um, Pepper Dicks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they still play in our league. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. yeah. Well, they've come to ISC we a love couple them. of times too. Yeah. yeah. I remember actually, uh, I, I went I with think... I went with them in '09 uh, down in Quad City. Nice. So okay. Is right. that when you lost your that's passport? When I lo- that's when I lost my passport. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's not a place where you want to lose your passport. Right? <laughs> you Trust wanna, me. You uh, yeah, it's a great place to visit. You don't want to stay there. I, I thought I was going to have to go on that riverboat casino for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to you. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I got an opportunity to play in NAF in 2001 with the Toronto Jaguars. Um, it was kind of a late edition of that team. They had a really stacked uh, team of intermediate guys from uh, from the GTA and beyond. And uh, I helped bring in a couple of additional guys and, and got to, to come along on the trip myself. They ended up walking through that tournament. Um, but a lot of Ontario teams were, were the top dogs uh, in those years. Colburn Rutherflow, which was probably the best intermediate team in Ontario in the late 90s. They went down and won that tournament one year. Scarborough Royals won it. Uh, Seabreeville Sting won it the year after we did with Donnie Scott and Todd Winkworth. Uh, wow. Donnie was just, just coming out as a, as a pitcher back then. Throwing BBs. <laughs> just throwing smoke. <laughs> and, and the big thing with, with the Ontario guys, and, and you know, this was why I think that that particular uh, bracket, why we won everything, was American teams, as good as they were, they didn't see rise balls like guys like Wayne Wells, and uh, and Donnie Scott and Todd Winkworth uh, could throw, and they just throw it right by guys. Yeah, actually, that's a good. Qu- actually, now that you brought that up, I I was thinking about this too with with Team USA. Do you think that like most of them 
have like we talked to Yusuf, we talked to uh, to Cam Chiller, yeah, on here, and they grew up playing baseball. Do you think that mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why that they're like you know they're susceptible to the to the rise ball? Well, I think it takes a while to get used to it. And I listened to Cam's uh, interview and and I listened to Yusuf and I thought both of those guys brought a really intelligent uh, approach to the plate, which was to try and swing over the Mm. rise ball when, when they were, when they started to pick it up. But, you know, if you are, if you're a California team and you're not seeing great pitching and then you go to a tournament like that, an ISC two or a Napa event where, most of the Ontario guys have got those big exploding rise balls. Mm-hmm. You're not going to touch that if you're just seeing something like that for the first or second time. Yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah. No, I just, that was just something I always wondered about, but uh, another question I want to, how did the, uh, how did ISC two start up? Uh, great question. Bob McGowan uh, was a guy who started ISC two Um uh, in the fall of 2001, and I think what was happening was Bob was looking at what was going on with NAFA, and they were attracting all these Ontario teams to qualifiers and then to their World Series. And, you know, you could obviously see the writing on the wall, too, for some of these big teams. When you look at the late 90s, the ISC was coming down from 48 to 40 to 38, 36 teams. And so Bob came up with this idea and, and ran it through the executive and through the ISC in 2001. Now, this was before I joined the ISC, but I know the story. And they got approval to run a 20-team uh, tournament in 2002 in Kitchener. And they ran it over at Bud Park, which is kind of the, the secondary set of diamonds from Peter Hallman. Mm-hmm. And... They had 20 teams. I forget how many from Ontario, but they drew a bunch of teams from Michigan and as far away as Iowa and whatnot. Alvinston Indians won the first one, but it was a huge success. Mm. A lot of people come over to watch and, and a lot of interest from teams. And they had 40 teams the next year in 2003 in Kimberley. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, so it, it doubled from one year to the next. And... And, and it was a this huge group of teams to draw from. Mm. And uh, so Bob came to me in the fall of 2003, and he said, listen, we'd really like for you to, to come over to the ISC, help run, help us run the ISC2 program. And, you know, I, I looked at the success that they had. I think I spent most of a week's holidays at that 2002 World Tournament. <laughs> Um, and I went over to watch the ISC two games, and I, and I thought, well, a I could be playing in this. But yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I was kind of harboring through all of this was, you know, was to get into the broadcasting. Uh, it, it's always been, you know, a dream of mine. I my my original career was in journalism. I ended up doing business journalism, but you know, wanted to be a play by play guy growing up. And and I said to Bob, I said, okay. I'll come over and help you run this, but I would like him and I would ask for your support if we could develop an ISC2 broadcast program. We won't compete with the ISCs. We're not going to do video or anything like that, but just audio and an opportunity for, you know, kind of the, the, the local city team, local town team, for their fans to hear them, you know, quote unquote, on radio, just like a major league broadcast. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so Bob said, okay. We'll do that. So we put it all together, and I called 
Jim Flanagan of Fast Pitch West and, and now broadcast uh, what well, was Ballpark Radio, started at Ballpark Radio, now it's Ballpark Broadcasting. And, and I had called Jim, and he and I had gotten to know each other through the internet over the ensuing years. I said, hey, you know, I'm putting this together. We'd really like for you to be a part of it. Joe Todd's going to be a part of it. Would you, would you be interested in coming? And, and Jim jumped on it. So um, we started in 04 in Fargo. And, uh, and we ran those ISC2 broadcasts uh, all the way up to the end of ISC2, which was a standalone tournament, all the way through to the end of 2009. And um, somewhere along the way, we got asked by Ken Hackmeister, who was the executive director of the ISC at the time. He said, listen, we want to bring you guys in to not just do the ISC2 broadcast. We want you guys to do the ISC broadcast as well. Nice. So... Um, yeah, it, it's, it went from being a crazy, hectic, busy week to a uh, crazy, hectic, busy, no sleep type of uh, <laughs> for us at the ISCs because we were running back and forth between the parks. Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, it's, um, well, we, we do it for the love of the game. Obviously. Yeah, no but better place to be uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I need a week off when I get home. <laughs> and actually, I'm <laughs> yeah. not just to recover. Personally, I have to thank you for that because uh, in 2008, uh, I was with uh, Innovative Communications out of Salt Lake City, playing with them. I remember that team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, my parents got to listen to the games because of the broadcast, and they got to listen to me pitch. So, so personally, I'd like to thank you for that because well, awesome. right on, that's great. That's that is exactly why we started that up is so that the people back home could could listen into the games, but also so the players could have that experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. I think that uh, that 2008 was in Appleton, Wisconsin. It was yep. yes, yep. yeah, and that that tournament. It's funny. I, I often think of that ISC two tournament. We had 32 teams that year. Anybody of those 32 teams, honestly, probably could have won that tournament. Well, California, California won. Close. The you're right, yeah, and yeah. they beat us out. We were leading. Was it? I think it was four three going into the seventh. And they got two runs off me in the seventh. Oh, Randy. I know. Stupid Randy. Stupid <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Wait a second. That's Don't say a word. One just... second. One second. Oh, Randy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. But, that's why uh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, but that, that tournament, I mean, the, and that was the great thing about ISC2 was you did not know who was going to win. Mm. Anybody uh, who came into that tournament stood a chance. Uh, there were some favorites over the years, and they didn't win it. And there were a lot of surprises, which was always, in my mind, the best thing about ISC too. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean that uh, that year, like I played in numerous tournaments with Salt Lake City that year on the West Coast, and we played. Brian Newton was with the uh, River City Rockers, I believe it was. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. we faced them. Jeez, I, I bet you we faced them four times and we beat them three out of four times. Yeah. But come that ISC twos, I think they finished in what they finished third, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah. any any team back then could win it. So yeah, third or fifth. Maybe it was fifth. Yeah. Was, yeah, I think it was a tie for fifth because the eight the, the Lumber Kings beat the New York Knights in the one semi. Yeah. Um and they had, uh, they had, they had uh, Billy Hillhouse, I think. Okay. And yeah. uh, and Craig Pidcock from out west. Okay. And then on the other, it, it ended up the Ontario semifinal. Um, just the way the bracket worked out was Waterdown Hammer 
with uh, with Timmy Neal and Wayne Wells, yeah. and they were playing the Kitchener Outlaws. And oh. both of those games were close. And then the, the final, I think, was two to one or something like that. It was uh, it was crazy how how, the, how good those games were. Yeah, it was it was super fun, like to to play and everything. Every game was competitive, and I mean, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> like it was it was a lot of fun. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, speaking what uh, I want to know about the the merger between ISC and ISC two after two thousand nine. So this story has probably never been told publicly before I, I probably mentioned this only once or twice in a couple of beer garden conversations <laughs> we got a call we being the, the people running isc2 myself and uh um, kyle was, was a right-hand man and and, uh, and joe todd and so you, you go back to 2009 the world tournament it was in quad cities the first time and there were 24 teams and it finished on a friday night and now it was a phenomenal game. I think the River Shark Twins beat Patsy's that year in the final, but there was only 24 teams. And in ISC two, we had 40 mm-hmm. and we actually finished on the Saturday. So a lot of the fans came over to ISC two on the Saturday to watch the quarters, the semis and the finals um, over at the other park. And, so the ISC, uh, Ken Hackmeister, called me up and he said, listen, we can't have 40 teams in the lower division and 24 in the upper. Um, we just we need to start pushing some of these teams up. And I said, listen, Ken, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I just like they, they're quite comfortable because they're playing teams that are comparable. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to want to go up and go 0-2 and, and go home. Uh, and he's well, if they're not going to come up, then we're not going to let them play ISC two. And I thought that was a little off. Yep. To be honest. And, um, so Kyle and Joe and I, and, and Joe and I in particular, we thought, well, you know, maybe we could just go out on our own and do this. Uh, but I got, uh, I got an invitation from Larry Fisher, who's the executive director now, and at the time was the, the chairman of the world tournament. He said, listen, come down to Midland, Michigan. Midland was going to be the host in 2010. He said, why don't you drive down to Michigan? It's kind of equal distant from where I live, and Larry lives down in Ohio. What a five-hour drive for each of us. And we got together. Uh, at a hotel in Midland, the host hotel, they gave us a boardroom for the day. And Larry and I batted around a whole bunch of different ideas of how could we bring this together and make it make it work, I guess is probably the best phrase I can think of. And make it work for everybody. Because, you know, these IC2 teams have had great competition and we're still expanding and, you know, we've got a, a competitive, real competitive, strong tournament. Um, but the ISC is, is the parent organization, and, and we need the teams in the ISC. Yeah. So Larry and I worked it out, and it was basically the format that we have now, which is the double knock. Everybody starts in a, in a what was then a 40-team double knockout, and I think we're down now to 36 teams. But everybody starts out in the World Tournament, a double knockout event. And if you go 0-1-2 or 1-2, then you move into a separate standalone double knockout ISC2 tournament. 
And really, you know, you're going to, it's kind of self-selection. If you are good enough, you're going to stay up in the world tournament and keep competing. If you fall into ISC2, well, you gave it a shot. And there have been a couple of upsets over the years, but not too many. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, teams that don't belong in ISC2, it really hasn't happened. We haven't had, you know, the Toronto Gators or right. Hill United or anything. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody, in the, nobody big has dropped down into the deuce. Okay, I was going to ask that. I was going to say, has it yeah, been? Yeah, no, it's never okay. happened. Um, and... So that, you know, it worked out and it's worked out. I think it's worked out well. Um, you know, the ISC two guys, they probably lost out on having all those broadcasts and things like that. But one of the conditions, if I can use that word, was that the ISC two get championship game gets played on the main diamond and it gets included in the broadcast schedule every year. Right. That's good. That's great and, and that's been, and then of course it's, and these are video games too, when, when we can. Yeah, and so you know, but we were making we were making some alternate plans because if this didn't work out, we were probably gone. And you know, we we had some hosts lined up and we had some other things lined up, but it wasn't like it was that was the first choice. That was just kind of Plan B, and thankfully it didn't didn't go that way. But you know, it was there was a time there where maybe it could have, and I'm glad that it didn't. But. Maybe it could have gone that way had things not worked out. But but Larry and I, we spent, you know, eight hours uh, that day kind of putting our heads together and trying to be as creative as possible. Right. Well, it seemed to work out well. Yeah, definitely. It definitely seemed to work out well. Um, I, like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it did because, you know, I, I, I don't know where the ISC was going to go because you look at the bracket now and there's, you know, there's 16 good teams in there, but – there's also 16 ISC two caliber teams, and they're the ones who, when they get into that ISC two bracket, there are some fierce games, and I've been through both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And there's no less competition in either of those brackets. It's just the quality of the ball is a little higher in one than the other. Yeah, 100. percent I understand what you're saying there. Um, I got to ask you about the Toronto Gators now. Uh, you joined them in 2010 uh, yeah. as a role guy. Pinch hitter. Yeah. Tell us about. Uh... I heard you had a hit. <laughs> <laughs> so I get teased. I guess that's the, the, the right word. I get teased about this all the time because Kyle and Lance and Joe were probably off doing a broadcast or something like that. And we were playing on one of the secondary diamonds. And I was went in to hit. And my only hit in the ISC was a home run. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> now, there is some photographic evidence of it. Maddie Flanagan, lesser, happened to be there at that particular instant and got it. My Twitter profile picture, that is a home run. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. <laughs> Matt, Maddie takes yeah. great photos, by the way. Maddie takes phenomenal yeah. photos. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's crazy. Only hit at the ISCs and it's, and it's a dinger. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm, if you want to win an obscure trivia question one night, throw that at somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I you might have do. to be well into your cups for that. One. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so, yeah. so tell us about the, the, the rest of the journey with, with the Gators anyway. Uh, well, so the Gators in 2010, they were put together by, by Adam Sargon. Um, and, and a lot of the guys were 
from the 2009 Canada Maccabi Games team, which is the Jewish Olympics, and, and Jack uh, Fireman, of course, they have the legendary Gator sponsor, yeah. behind the scenes helped to sponsor the Canadian Maccabee Games teams, softball teams, for a number of years. And so coming out of that 2009 uh, experience, um, the, the, the Open Level team had won the gold medal that year over the U.S., and the core of that group became the Gators in 2010. And they, we added some guys here and there, but it was, it was an ISC two level team for sure. And we took, uh, took some grief over using the name, but yeah, Jack, no listen, doubt. it's my money. It's my name. And if they're, if they have to live up to it, then so much the better. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, that was the last word on that. But, um, uh, 2011, uh, as Sarge, Adam Sargon asked me if I would take over as the, as the manager. And uh, we had a nice run. We finished third in ISC2 that year. And um, so 2011, the Canadians were in Owen Sound. And we drove up on a Friday night or the Saturday night. I forget what it was. Uh, and we were going to broadcast. I was going to broadcast a couple of the games that night. Well, one of the games was uh, Nova Scotia. And, and Randy Hogan, I don't know if you guys were on that team that year. But Scope was pitching for Nova Scotia against uh, Newfoundland. <laughs> okay. And threw a gem of a game. He lost one nothing or two to one or something like that, but threw an absolute gem of a game. And I was calling the game. We were sitting up on the roof of the, <laughs> the concession stand in Owen Sound. Nice. And and I was texting Sargon in the middle of the game. I'm like, I think I found our pitcher for next year. Oh, no way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, so a little behind the scenes story there on how uh, we signed Schofield for uh, for 2012 with with the Gators, <laughs> and then um, it was because uh, I think he won the Canadians in junior that year. Did he not in 2011? Well, where yes, was, he did. Where was? I'm trying to think of where he played that year or who he played for. Because I don't think Nova Scotia had a team. No, it might have been Glace Bay or somebody though. Oh right, uh, but yeah. I'm not sure. So, yeah, cause anyway, that's fine. After 2010 was PEI. That's uh, that's when the Elks yeah, were done. Folded, yeah. And no, we didn't put East Hans wasn't. No, geez, we can't. <laughs> you stumped us, Blair. Jesus. <laughs> Holy freak. Well, I'm pretty sure it was a Nova Scotia team. Uh, but, but like I said, I know they're playing Newfoundland. I know yeah. they lost like two, one, but, but as a young kid, he just, he threw a great game. He's throwing real hard. And I knew one of the guys that he had been playing with out in California as well. And, and he had been uh, pumping Scope's tires with me. And so you got to get this guy into ISC. He is, he's going to be a good one. And, of course, we, we know yeah. what, uh, what's gone on since. Um, but that 2012 team, we, it's probably the – well, the 2016 team, of course, we won. And, and it's, you know, I, I will forever be grateful to have been a part of that. But that 2012 team, probably the team I'm most proud of. Um, we weren't expected to do anything. We weren't ranked going into the tournament. In fact, we were crap all season, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, we we had not done well in tournaments. And uh, the, the right before the Worlds, uh, I couldn't go, but the guys went up to Ottawa. They actually won that deal read tournament. So we went down to the Worlds. They were in Midland, and we were playing circle tap. They were ranked fifth. And... The year before, Jeremy Manley had thrown a no-hitter against us. Uh, and he was pitching for circle tap this year. And uh, and I thought, hey, you know, if we can just get one run this game, we circle tap's never had great hitting teams over the years. And 
between Garrity and Scope, I think we can beat this team. Right. And we had an American umpire, and, and I knew this umpire from previous tournaments, so I told the guys in the huddle before the game, I said, you are not swinging at anything above your waist. I don't care how good it looks. If it's above your waist, it's going up, and this guy is not going to call it because he doesn't call strikes above the belt. Mm-hmm. And we got, with a couple of walks, we got the bases loaded in, I want to say, about the fourth inning. And Darren Miller, who was playing shortstop with us that year, and he was a guy who had played on the bar and a couple of other teams out of Wisconsin, veteran guy. And I went down and I had a chat with Darren just before his at-bat, and I said, remember, nothing above the waist. Yep. Three and two count, two out, pitch just above the waist borderline in Ontario. It's probably Nova Scotia. It's probably called the strike all time. <laughs> U.S. umpire, ball four. Our run comes in. Um, Scope had started the game. I think he went three and a third or something like that. Greg came in, cleaned it up, and we beat Circle Tap one nothing. Wow. Wow. Um, so now we're, we've assumed the fifth-ranked schedule. And so we were playing Cal State. Builders, I think the next game, and they had Brady Woods, your good friend Brady Woods. Oh, Brady love him. And, yeah, great guy, great guy. I love Brady. Um, and Kevin Tamuler was also with him, big sexy out of Minnesota. And Greg Garrity, who was unbelievable for us that world tournament, he hit a home run off of Brady. I think it just landed last week. <laughs> um, it was just a massive shot over the trees on uh, on the main diamond in Midland. Yeah, and, he's a big boy. So we, oh, <laughs> uh, there's a few. There's only a few guys in the game who hit the ball harder than Greg when he squared one up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he squared up a couple that week. We beat Cal State pretty badly, and so we're two and zero. We're undefeated, and so we're, we ended up playing um, Pennsylvania Power with Lucas Mata under the lights. Wow, Ooh, tough one. And uh, he, so Greg got a hit his first time through. It turned out to be the only hit of the game, but Lucas Mata hit him in uh, on the bottom of the hand. He actually cracked a bone in Greg's hand. Greg played the rest of the week with uh, with a cracked bone in his hand. I mean, Randy, you're a pitcher. Imagine pitching, you know, ten or twelve innings with a cracked bone in your in your pitching hand, uh, and then hitting. I cracked my nail. Week. I cracked my nail, and I pulled myself out of the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's usually about five beer deep when he's pitching anyway, so he doesn't feel a shit. <laughs> Greg was just phenomenal for us that week. Um, we ended, we lined up losing that game to power, I think, one or two nothing. And they finished third in that tournament. Um, we came through the back door. We beat the Niagara Snappers in a snowball fight, 12 to 9 or some crazy thing like that. <laughs> and then on on the, the final day, well, I'm sorry, not the final day, but the Friday. So, you know, we've come all the way through the loser's bracket, and now we're in the seventh place game, and we're playing the California A's. And I guess they were saving Sean Witten for the night game against uh, Jarvis. And, and Derek Mason, who certainly no slouch at all, started. And I, in the, the first inning, I think Greg hit one 700 feet off of his. <laughs> and um, and Greg's, Greg tried to pitch. He started, and he got about two batters in. And, and I think he hit Mace by accident. Um, and he just couldn't pitch because of his hand. So scope came in and just threw a blinder. Just, just a sec, Blair. 
poor Mace. Greg, no, Garrity hits a home run off him, and then he gets pinned by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Greg, Greg apologized to him, but I, my Mace was not thrilled. <laughs> no Imagine. doubt. Jesus uh, nice. Anyway, no. Scope come in. <laughs> Scope come in, and he just threw a blinder. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they got a couple of guys on, and, and Scope was – he had the changeup going. He had the down ball going. And uh, and Johnny Kemp, who caught for us that year, and and Johnny was one of the original Gators from back in the the '90s. He he came on the team um, in in the late '90s with um, you know the original group of guys. And Johnny was the smartest guy in the diamond. And he worked Scoff as our catcher, worked him up and down and in and out, worked the changeup in. And and the Cal guys just couldn't uh, couldn't get on to him. Wow. And and Johnny Kemp hit a home run late in that game. We won that game two nothing. And and then now we're into the fifth place game against Jarvis. And of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, we didn't win. <laughs> it's like the end of Titanic. The boat sunk. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, we we lost to the teams that finished first and third. And we went in there unranked, and and we had a hell of a run. Yeah. Um, and as you know, a bunch of guys like Scope and. And Scope should have been the new the newcomer of the year that year too. I, I forget who got it, and certainly I'm sure the guy was deserving of. It, but I think Scope was three and zero with uh, with just a puny ERA and a whole bunch of strikeouts. I thought he should have got the award that year. Yeah. But, um, Donnelly Archibald, I think, got it for us the year before, and I think they didn't want to give it to the Gators two years in a row. Gotcha, so. Yeah. So would you say that was Scope's more or less coming out party for the for the ISC? Oh, I think it absolutely was. I, I think. Um, um, he certainly opened up a lot of eyes coming right out of junior into, uh, you know, the next year into in the ISC and, and whatnot. Like that team was a bunch of league guys mm-hmm. and, and Greg and Scope. Right. And that was it. And, but everybody played over their heads and everybody did every single thing that we asked. Uh, we got every break that we needed to finish where we did. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think that team I am most proud of because, we weren't expected to do anything right. and look where we finished. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love those stories. And well, hope you can attest to this first golf goes. I mean, there's nobody in the game that works as hard as he does at his craft. Like, like we see it firsthand. We're lucky. We get to see it firsthand, but yeah. man, that guy works so hard at, at yeah. what he does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So listen, I know you guys are having him on in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Ask him, about being taken off the plane by the Peel Police SWAT team flying into Ontario. What? How have we not How heard about, not this? about this? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Peel Police SWAT team? Yeah, the special weapon. Uh, hell? <laughs> All right. We're, we're writing this down. I, right. I mean, I've witnessed Scope throw up in his hat on a plane before, but I've not witnessed this. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, we we arrange for a little special greeting for Scope coming oh, off gotcha. the plane for the first tournament. That's awesome. That's great. We're, we're, we're definitely going to ask him. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Blair, I got to ask about the uh, the 2016 run. Um, that must rank up there as probably you know one of your, one of the most special things that you've been a part of in the game. Well, without a doubt, um, you know, and uh, credit to to Jack Fireman who had a vision for. The Gators in 2014, he said, I'm coming back into this and we are winning it. And it, and it took us a couple of years to get to it. And we brought back Terry Bader to guide us there. 
um, you know, Terry, the, the smartest, best manager in the game still, he, um, you know, Jack, Jack just said, you guys get us, get us the players and, and Adam Sargon. And, and, you know, I gave Sargon some ideas here and there, but it was Adam Sargon mostly who put that team together. And, uh, you know, we had lost in the championship game to Hill United the year before we yeah. were leading four to two in the fifth. I remember watching that we, actually. Yes. Yeah. And we coughed it up and, uh, and, and, we we just decided over the year, okay, we got to get better at a couple positions. And, and a couple guys were eight-sit sacrifice, but we wanted to bring in Brandon Horn. And uh, that helped solidify the top of the order. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we um, – and nobody had done that before with Canadians and Kiwis like that. And, and Terry got these guys to work together and, and Bowley and, and some other guys who planned that Newfoundland trip for the Kiwis to come down to St. John's and to, to see where they lived and where, the, where those guys grew up and to get a taste of that. And that team bonded in that trip. Um, we didn't win a single game. It's funny. We go all the way down to Newfoundland. We're the number two ranked team in the world. And... So we George, so George Street, George Street brought you guys together. Uh, yeah, yeah they get you every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they arranged for us all to go out on a fishing boat and do some cod fishing. And oh, wow. uh, if you ever get B Man on Brad Rowland, don't ask him about the fishing trip. Okay, uh, Brad like and boats don't get along. All right, good to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was just a, just an absolute great trip. The guys bonded. Um, I don't think we lost a game after that, uh, to be honest with you. We went 0 for 4, 0 for Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, I think the headline, Steve Mullally said this on the podcast the other day. The headline was uh, um, I, top team. We weren't the top team, but top team in North America goes 0 for 4 in Newfoundland yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we lost a game after that. And the big thing for us was, you know, we knew we were going to play Hill in the winner's bracket final, unless they lost to somebody. But we knew that that was unlikely to happen. We had a real strong game with the with the Gremlins on the Thursday night. Sean threw just a phenomenal game. and But it was blazing hot. I mean, you guys have been to Quad City. Or Randy, you have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like it's 100 degrees it, with 100% humidity. Yeah, you rain. can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Sean threw threw his ass off on that Thursday night game, but it took a lot out of him. And so that winners bracket game, um, and you got to win that win. Like if you were going to beat Hill at that time, you had to win that winners bracket game because there's no way that you wanted to play two or three on Saturday. You needed to go into that final rested. Mm-hmm. And so in the winners bracket final, we were down four to two after the second inning. And like, you know, we scored one, they scored two. And the same thing happened in the second inning. And Terry looked at me and he said, we got to stop the bleeding here. He said, I don't know if Sean's going to last because it looks like last night took a lot out of him. So we got scope up and ready. And um, we had clawed back. It was 4-4. We got Sean out of the game, I want to say the fourth or fifth. And scope came in. And the first pitch to Bradley Ezekiel, and Bradley smashed it 600 feet. And I'm like, bloody Bradley. Like, he was just on a tear that tournament. And um, they got up again. We tied it. 
if Bradley come up again, I want to see the eighth inning or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, fucking pin him, Scoff. <laughs> yeah, like do something. Just don't pitch to him. And Bradley hit the bottom of one, and he like it was a major league fly ball in the infield, and. Um, Shane was playing short. He called for it right away and he probably drifted 30 feet on him. And he had to go run for it and go get it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, if he'd, uh, if he hit the back of it, it yeah, would have been like 700 feet. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. but he hit the bottom of it. Thank God. And, um, uh, Adam, it was so hot that night. Adam ran out of gas after seven. They brought Pablo in in the eighth. He got us in the eighth, but Wayne Laulu was, was leading off the ninth and he hit the first pitch. A long way. And, uh, and so we won that game in nine, the winner's bracket final. And that really was, was the road to the gold mm. that year because it was so hot there that week. And, um, you know, they ended up, Hill ended up playing the Gremlins in the, in the, the loser's bracket final. And that game ended up going extra innings too. Yeah. And Adam, I think, went six or went eight or nine in that game. Yeah, that'll take uh, a lot of final. <laughs> in the final, they actually started running French. And we got a couple off of Frenchie, we got a couple off of Pobs, and uh, one off of Pablo. So it was 3 3 by the seventh inning. It was 3 nothing, I guess, going into the sixth. And we thought, oh, hey, we're on cruise control here. <laughs> and, um, but with those guys, I mean, that team was so good, that Hill United team, and it is still good, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, trying to think, I think it was Shales. Friend of the no, show. Not Shales. Sorry, no, it wasn't Shales. Jason Hill and James Todd Hunter. Um, somebody hit one out in the sixth, and then they hit two more in the top of the seventh. Couldn't believe it. They tied in in the top of the seventh. Yeah. But there was no panic. I mean, guys walked off the field, come into our dugout. We were the home team. Guys come into the dugout and said, like, All right, let's just go win a ball game. You know what you're going to get here. I mean, Adam, you know, throws real hard, uh, but the guys knew that. You know, look for the dipper outside. And um, we got a couple of guys on. And Shane, it was funny. So Shane's coming up, and I think Shane was over that game. And Terry, we, you know, with the coaching staff, we were like, Jesus, we're like, did we hit for Shane? Like, no, nah, no, let's just let him go. Because, yeah. you know, you're going to run into one. Yeah, exactly. Later, right? Exactly. And I know Ryan had a talk. I think Ryan has mentioned this on, on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Ryan had a talk with him before he went up and just said, look for the dipper outside. Yeah. And he just drove it. And it was a no daughter. You knew as soon as off the bat, it was gone. Yeah, that's sick. And I think it's how do I get words out here? You're not very well. No, I know, but I can't believe that Amanda Rona is the only one with the video evidence of this. <laughs> oh uh, my god! So that whole week, we had only been running a single camera for the broadcast because we had had. So behind the scenes, I mean, mm. it costs us about $10,000 to do yeah. a full scale production and you got to get sponsorship for that. And like the ISC isn't made money. <laughs> we can't drop 10,000 on broadcasts every year. So I go out and I scrounge up what I can and, and wonderful guys like Dave Anderson down your way at uh, Murphy's Fish and Chips and some other people up here, the Skeltons and, and the Hill family uh, through some of their ventures, they have helped out the sponsorship, but, um, we we had a production company lined up and then they dropped out on us kind of last minute. So I literally went to Best Buy and I bought a Sony action camera and I, and I bought a mount and I stuck it up on the, the backstop and we ran a hundred feet of HDMI cable up into the press box. And that was our camera for the week. Wow. 
How many foul balls do you think hit that bloody little camera? <laughs> yeah, probably about 20. <laughs> yeah. I think Malawi, of all people, put it out of commission on the Friday in the uh, in the winner's bracket game Why? against us. Listen. So we, we went to go set it up Saturday Mali. morning. Yeah. God Malawi, Mali. exactly. <laughs> we tried to set it up Saturday morning. We got no picture. And in hindsight, I should have just gone to Best Buy and bought a new one. I didn't. Hmm. My fault. Um so we got Chris Abbott and Joe Todd up in the booth. They're doing audio, and we have the audio, uh, the whole audio of the game. And Amanda Rona, bless her, was taking cell phone footage of the game, and she sent it to me uh, in Dropbox. And, and I and I've since married up the audio with the video, and okay. so there is uh, some video record from about the fourth inning on, but it um, it's certainly not what uh, what it could have and should have been had we had the full production. So. That is, uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, these are when you're, you know, you do these things because you love the game. It's not like we do this as a full-time job or anything like that. And, you know, we've been lucky at times where we've had the sponsorship to do the full productions and and we've had some great broadcasts over the years. And other times you got a single camera and it's susceptible to problems and we found out the hard ways. Yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of the broadcast side of it, uh, how do you like that? Uh, obviously, you 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 do enjoy yeah, you it do a lot. Do a great job. There's no yeah. question. But uh, well, like I said earlier, I mean, this was one of the reasons why I wanted to come over to the ISC was the opportunity to do a yeah, broadcast program, right. and right. we did that with ISC two, and uh, we've you know graduated up to the ISC, if you will, and. I, I, you know, there are just some phenomenal things that we've been able to witness over the years. When I was talking to Kyle Smith earlier this morning, and I said, what do you think some of the best games are that we've done over the years? Well, we've probably done three, 400 games. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, we got to do the perfect game that Adam Folker threw in 2013 in the winner's bracket final against the Gremlins. Sick. And then the next night... Adam was perfect through seven and a third in the championship game. And that was the game that went extra innings and uh, the Hill United got the Jeff Ellsworth hit a sack fly out to, uh, to Matty Waugh and Jamie Shields slid in whether or not Avery got safe, him. Out, tag, safe, we'll never out. know, but he was safe That's right. at the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, called safe at least. And they won one nothing, I think in 10 innings and Adam set the ISC record for the most consecutive perfect innings through that, uh, um, semi-final and final so we that that one really stands out yeah um, you know some of the productions that, that we've been lucky enough to work with Sports Canada TV and uh, and then the group that we worked with Hinkley Productions down in Denmark and Circle Tap in 2019 great people they had never done a fastball game before is that right and yeah they had done some literally roller derby um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and some other local Wisconsin stuff, but they'd never done a fastball game. Had no idea what they were getting into. Wow. And they were setting up the center field camera, which uh, if you were in Denmark, you know there's a gap between the fence and the scoreboard, and we were mounting the camera to the top of that post um, that was sticking up right there. And so there's a ladder that um, uh, our production guys had climbed up the ladder, and we're putting the camera up. And then, of course, when the play is on, you can't be up there. You don't want to get hit. So they left the ladder there. And somebody in the Toronto Batman smashes one, and it goes out and hits the ladder <laughs> and then bounces back into play. Oh, shit. 
And I'm like, oh, exactly. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're just cost the Batman a run. Thankfully, the run scored. Otherwise, I'd have never heard the end of it from Chico. <laughs> yeah, really? Friggin' Chico. <laughs> well, listen, I love the guy. I love Paul. Uh, great guy. Wish we had more guys with his dedication yeah, to yeah. Yeah. stick with things. Uh, but, yeah, I'd have never heard the end of it if, nope. uh, if that one hadn't come around. But these are these are the things that, uh, that, that come and go with broadcast. I mean, when we were in Kitchener in 2018, um, the guy from Sports Canada TV had done all the cabling and everything prior to our Sunday kickoff game. And we're literally half an hour before the game's about to start. And the city, the Union City guy comes in and says, no, no, you got to change all that. You can't have it there. You got to move it over there. And they have watched him set all this stuff up. Couldn't have said anything to him at the time. Oh, no. They waited until he was all done. And then said, no, take it down and uh, do it the other way. Of course. And we're like, great, thanks. Jeez. So he's, hang- he's literally hanging out the window onto the roof of the, the press box in, well, in front of the press box. And I'm hanging onto his belt, basically, oh, while he's trying to pull up cable. So, Any health and safety in the house there? Uh, yeah, I probably don't want to tell that one around the health and safety people. Yeah, yeah, really. I want to know, I want to, I want to know about the, uh, the Todd Martin swearing on the air story. Yeah, yeah but one yeah, second. 2014, so we, we, we try to get guys in as special guests. And listen, Marty, you guys heard Marty on the broadcast. You know what a great guy he is. He could tell stories from now till next week. He knows and every Marty pitch you ever threw. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Great, great mind for the game. Great memory. Uh, he was in telling stories with Todd Bunke that night. And I don't know how it came up, but they were talking about, you know, what do you do? In a certain situation, you know, a guy, I, I think exactly what the situation is anyway. But Todd goes, well, I'd have to hit him right in the effing neck. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle just it. looks at him and goes, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Yeah. We'll be right back. There you go. That's amazing. You know, and I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like we're the, it's, it's not like Janet Jackson yeah. and Boob and the Super Bowl yeah. kind of thing. I mean, Which the is internet, fantastic. Everybody swears on the internet. But yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, we try to keep it more or less family level. But of course. It, um, it was a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny moment. Marty just looked at me like, why, what did I do something wrong there? <laughs> yeah, man, you're on the air. Yeah. yeah. But we're at the ballpark. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Aren't we in so, the beer we tent? We got Marty right in a couple of times. Pardon me? I, no, with Marty, he's probably like, aren't we in the beer tent right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we got Marty in a couple of times and, and, you know, phenomenal guy. Oh, yeah, Great sure guest. You know, I, I wish we could get them in more often. Oh, well, I've never talked to anybody with the memory like that before. No, like, like, unreal. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, is there any big games that stick out to you, like, at, that you were calling personally that... Uh, Aside from Bully's home run hit, of course. Not that you were calling <laughs> well, I, that, yeah. but... I was in the dugout. No, no, I understand that, that but... Abbott who got to call that one, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I got to do the uh, the 2015 uh, men's gold medal game with Jim Flanagan. Uh, just a tremendous game. Um, you know, the 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 emotion in the press box was like, you know, because I got good friends on both of those teams, on the New Zealand team, on the Canadian team, and and just to see that roller coaster of emotions and to be able to to call that game. I mean, it's uh, what, it's what, still a favorite memory. What happened in that game? 
<laughs> I know. I, I, I think Canada had a comeback. Uh, Frank. Yeah. yeah. Who, who was it? Somebody. Uh, yeah. Steve Mooley Lally. <laughs> yeah. Somebody like that. Yeah. Love you, no, listen. I mean, when you think about the when you think about the ISF or the WBSC, mm-hmm. what he did in that game. Oh man. There's probably only been one bigger performance. And that would have been Michael White in '96 throwing a perfect game at Canada in the championship game. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, and, and you know it was it was awesome to see. Um, and you know he he's uh, rightfully uh, dined out on it ever since. Yeah. No, he's. Uh, sure I, I, I think we've talked about it quite yeah. a bit on here. Like Jesus. No, we talk about it. it. It's definitely for me witnessing ball. It was the most exciting game I've ever watched for the sport that I love the most. Yeah, just because. Yeah, it yeah. Was no, it was absolutely it was, uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twenty sixteen, I got to do the uh, the WBSC Junior Men's Gold Medal Game. Lance Wynn and I did that one, and that was a crazy game too. In Midland, went extra innings. New Zealand and Japan. Um, and, and it's two of the guys who are now the the aces of their national teams, Daniel Chapman for uh, for New Zealand and uh, Rio Koyama from Japan. Okay. And um, you know that was a great game to do as uh, at the junior men's. Um, probably one of the best games I've ever done. I felt anyway was was the bronze game actually with Canada over Venezuela. Joe Todd and I did that game in 2015 from Saskatoon, and I. <laughs> I remember this phrase because the Russian coach used this after one of the the Canadian Olympic years where the Canadian men's Olympic team just came out and clobbered Ovechkin and the Russians. And and the Russian coach said, the Canadians came like gorillas out of the cage. And that was Canada in that Venezuela game. Wow. Um, Like they were just nuts. They, um, They were facing Urbanea from Venezuela who had shut them down a couple of times. And they, I don't think he got an out. I mean, he lasted eight batters, and I don't think he got an out. Canada <laughs> had six runs in in the first. And uh, and I've never seen Sean throw better. He was throwing darts, and it was right on the, the black of the plate either side. He never threw anything down the middle. He was just attacking the zone, attacking the batters. And uh, they, they won the game 10 nothing and 5, but it was... Um, just a stellar game, uh, Joe and I. I thought we were right on that game. The That's whole time. cool. That's cool. Witnessing something That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I kind of have a question though. I, what is the strangest thing that you've witnessed in all of your travels? Oh, like I, you know, it could be well, a bench brawl um, or somebody running across the field with their boobs hanging out. I don't care what it is. I've never been fortunate <laughs> enough to see that. <laughs> the bench brawl or the boobs? <laughs> no, plenty of bench brawls. <laughs> We, um, uh, 2016 Canadians, the, uh, the bench brawl between, uh, yeah. uh, the two Newfoundland teams. I was there. That was Matthew Waugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, one of Maddie's base running blunders yeah. and, uh, uh, he should have scored easily, but he hung around to see whether or not, uh, the ball was going to be caught and clearly wasn't, he could have scored standing up, but yeah. he ended up running Ryan. And it just turned into a free for all. I thought Janet Bowman was going to run onto the field to break it up. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy because she was right up behind the fence, yelling at them to to stop it. Yeah, um, we were actually in the beer tent because we, you, had, yeah. we had just lost you got, nothing. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we yeah, won the bronze. Yeah, you guys had the bronze that year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, there was the year Kyle and I showed up at the hotel in Davenport, Iowa. 
And they said, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Sutter. <laughs> yeah, we've got your room upstairs ready for you. It's a king bed. And we're like, uh, what? The uh, champagne room? I double check that. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh my lord! Um, That's when we need the porn yeah. music as one of our buttons. <laughs> yeah. We've had some, yeah, we've had some travel experiences over the years. Oh, I'm sure you Lance have. And I, yeah, Lance and I spent 14 hours at Pearson Airport one day. Uh, oh, so 2016, we win the world tournament. We're celebrating out on the field, and I get a call from American Airlines saying that my flight from Quad Cities to Chicago the next morning was canceled. Oh, drink up. So get on that <laughs> <Yeah>. riverboat casino. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, crap, that really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it was Chris, Chris Abbott, Lance, and myself. We were all traveling together. And we were supposed to fly Quad Cities to Chicago at like 6 a.m. or something. So we were just going to party all night. And then, yeah. like, the airport is five minutes Take. from the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, they, they told me, but the flight from Chicago to Toronto is still on if you can get there. <laughs> so <laughs> we got back to the hotel. I changed. Um, and I called Chris and I'm like, where are you? He said, I'm down at the casino playing blackjack. Of course <laughs> he said, is. Right. Yeah. Shocking. I know. Uh, so I got down there and I walked over to Chris and I guess I walked through, and I, I don't gamble. I don't go to casinos. And I walked through part of the casino in between the tables. Like you're not supposed to go through. Oh, wow. And I guess I blew a, I blew a hand for Bradley Ezekiel cause he was in there playing too. And he's like, Blair, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I walked over to Chris and I said, listen, we're going to leave at 2 AM to drive back to Chicago from, uh, from Moline and you're driving. I'm going to be really drunk because we're celebrating over in the party room over here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and in the meantime, I get a call from Tyler Wynott. You guys probably know Tyler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He was playing with J&B. He played for us previously with the Gators. Yeah. And uh, but he was with J&B painting that year. And he called me and he's like, hey, I hear you're driving back to Chicago. He said, I was supposed to be on that flight. Can I get a ride? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, no problem. And he says, okay, great. We'll be over um, by two. I'm like, what do you mean we? Because we're in the, like, we got a Malibu, which is like a mid-sized yeah, yeah, But yeah. I got all my ball gear, and Chris has got his big bag, and Lance has got his big bag, and we've got carry-ons with broadcasting stuff and everything. And and he shows up, Tyler shows up with Aaron Harvey. <laughs> He's only slightly smaller than Andre the Giant. <laughs> so we load those three. Lance, poor Lance. He's, he's still mad at me at this to this day about this. He's in the back seat with Aaron and Tyler. They got a ball bag across their laps. There's a bag stuffed into the into the back window, so Chris can't see out the window. And I'm three sheets to the wind in the front seat, and oh, we're driving across. I don't know Illinois. We're driving across Illinois uh, between two and five in the morning. Chris has to pull over every hour to get up and stretch so he doesn't fall asleep. Jesus. Just a gong show. Yeah, yeah. travel stories. Her Herb, did, Herb didn't show. keep him awake talking. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, he he was out like a light. Yeah, uh, of course he was. Seat. I was sawing wood in the front seat. I snore a little bit, so. 
Kept Chris uh, awake. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty messy when we got there. Actually, Blair Harv lives two doors down from from my place. Actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He can talk like a motherfucker. <laughs> That's a great story. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. yeah. And then so last flying home from Denmark uh, in 2019, Kyle and I had flown into Milwaukee, and then we drove up. Um, to, to the Green Bay, Denmark area. It's about an hour and a half, two hour drive. So our flight from Milwaukee to Chicago, which is kind of one of those flights that goes up and then just comes down. It's like yeah. a slingshot yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, was at six o'clock. So we left Green Bay at, I don't know, two, two thirty in the morning, drove down to Chicago or sorry, drove down to Milwaukee, get on the plane, fly to Chicago. No problems. We get into Chicago and we are walking through the terminal and all of a sudden we hear like over all the noise in the Chicago airport, we hear a thunder crack and it is now raining so loud. You can actually hear it in the terminal <laughs> and all the boards go red. All the flights are canceled. Yeah. And I just say, Oh, here we go. Another Chicago travel story. Yep. And so we we looked at the lineup for the Air Canada desk for the United desk. There's like 400 people in front of the desk. So I said to Kyle, I said we better call Joe because Joe Todd drives to all these events. He doesn't fly. Oh yeah. And I said, you know what? If we're lucky, we might catch him. But Joe always leaves first thing in the morning, like six in the morning. Joe's on the road. I said we might catch him before he comes through Chicago. And. We can just catch a ride home with Joe, which is what we ended up doing. We could, we got a hold of Joe. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get off at this exit. So Kyle and I took an Uber from the Chicago airport to some mall where Joe had gotten off the highway. <laughs> and we piled into Joe's car. Hey, where, where did I, Harv sit? I, Harv wasn't with us this time, fortunately. <laughs> Surprisingly. there wasn't any room for anybody this no, time. No. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, uh, it took Kyle and I another three days to get our luggage because our luggage was checked in oh, from right. Milwaukee. And, uh, and I thought, oh, God, we're not going to get this back. This is going to take forever. And it did. It took us about three days to get our luggage back. I had to send my wife out to go get me some new underwear because I didn't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> like, honey, I'm going to need underwear to wear to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, That's hilarious. Well, you made her back anyway. That's yeah. good. Yes. Yes, awesome. we, we, we eventually made it back, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Those uh, those stories are, are great to hear. Sure. Well, these are, you know, these are the road stories, right? Yep. And this is what you do it for is, I mean, we all do this because we, for the love of the game, there's no money. <laughs> there's no yeah. money God, no. or anything like that. So no. yep. we do this for the love of the game. We all love the game, just like you guys. And, uh, um, you know, we remember the games, but it's you remember the people and the stories Oh, surrounding the game yeah. as much as anything else yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 yeah 100 percent. i said and that already i know freak <laughs> off man stop it okay hey speaking of that speaking of the players let's get into player association all right all right you know what this is i'm going to name off player and uh player or anybody associated to the game then uh, you can say as much or as little about them as you want and we're going to start off with jim flanagan Jim Flanagan was and is uh, a considered a pioneer, should be considered a broadcast pioneer. I mean, he helped me set up with that ISC2 
program. He set up the contacts with the WBSC and, and got um, the whole ballpark radio program into the WBSC and just uh, one of the, the genuine nicest people I know. He and Maddie are, are just wonderful, wonderful people. Right on. Next is uh, Thomas Macchia. I got to know Thomas just a little bit because he played with the Gators in 2016. Mm. And um, he's like, he come over, hey, Blair, I'm Thomas. Uh, call me Larry, which is his nickname. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I just watched him go into the Hall of Fame on Sunday, man. That was so cool. Uh, the New Zealand guys, and I don't know how they did it. I've never seen, like, 10 large guys like Brad Rona and Benny Anoka and, and some of the other guys, they got, got, quietly got up from their table, went to the back of the room. And when Thomas was done his speech, they did a haka oh, at the back of the room. Amazing. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, how did you guys get there? Because I didn't see you move. <laughs> but it was one of the coolest things to, to see. Oh, that's that would have been amazing. And Larry, Larry, one of the nicest guys in the game. Yeah. No, no. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, next is uh, Terry Bader. Smartest guy in the game. Um, I, I got to know Terry a little bit before we um, before we became uh, uh, teammates with the Gators, and and he was gracious enough to just say, "Listen, whatever you want to learn, whatever you want to ask, I'm here to to be your mentor." And I mean, he he was the guy running the things in '15 and '16, mm-hmm. uh, but I was just trying to sponge up as much as I could. He and I talk. Every couple of months, still to this day, I think he's. He, he told me he's going to write a book about the 2016 season. I'd love to see it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, but but you know the old expression: Terry's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good analogy. That's <laughs> really it is. <laughs> uh, next is uh, Joe Todd. Well, Joe and, and Kyle, I don't know if you're going to ask about Kyle. I'm assuming yes, but Joe is like my right hand. Kyle's my right or my left hand. Um, Joe and I started around the ISC around the same time. Um, his passion for the game and sports in general, I don't think anybody ha- can match that with Joe. Um, he is uh, one of my best friends in life. Um, I, I talk to Joe at least once a week. And same with Kyle. And and it's funny. I mean, we, we are such good friends. We, we talk about ball, but it's it's actually a small part of our conversations now. It's, uh, um, you know, we're that's how close of friends we are. Right on. Well, I guess you, I guess you did touch on Kyle there. So, <laughs> so okay, yeah, Kyle I, Smith. Know, the, the three of us are, you know, the three stooges or whatever you want to call us. Um, yeah. But we, um, I, I couldn't imagine spending the time uh, that I have spent with with two two different people because these are the two finest men in the game. Right on. And last on the list is uh, Jack Fireman. Oh, Jack! Uh, God rest your soul, Jack. You um, you made a lot of dreams come true uh, for that '90s team, and, and he'll be forever associated with that '90s team. But I'll tell you a small story about Jack. In 2014, we were having a practice off-site in Kitchener prior to the 2014 tournament. And Jack was sitting in the bleachers, and he, he was I call him a second row of the bleachers or something like that. And he got up to go get uh, a water out of the cooler. It was like 100 degrees in Kitchener that year, that day at least anyway. 
And he, he slipped to get him off the bleacher or something like that. And, and down he went and he hit his head on something. And he just had a little cut on his head. Every guy on the Gators to a man came rushing over to see how Jack was, make sure Jack was all right, got him back up, got him back into his chair. That was the kind of loyalty that he inspired in a real diverse group of people. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, expect, yeah, that was the thing with the Gators is, like you said, diverse. They like from so many countries. Isn't that, that's right, isn't it? Well, nobody had done what, what Terry managed to do, which was to unite the Canadians and the Kiwis. Um, right. But there were some heated moments between, uh, between the two teams in 2015. They played three times that week, and I'm not sure if the bench is cleared, but there were some harsh words, and then they had to set it all aside and come play together. Mm. And, and it took a season. But the 2016 team really was tight, and uh, and I think Terry obviously had a big part in that, in making that happen. Right on. That's yeah. It's always when you can bring uh, two countries together. I mean, that's <laughs> that's always a positive thing, right? Anyway, absolutely. Anyway, we're the wrapper up now, Hi, Blair. I got to thank you so much for coming on, man. This is, uh, I mean, you're a big part of the game here in in not only Canada, but North America really. And, uh, you know, being able to, you know, pick your brain and hear your stories is, has been fantastic. Well, thanks guys for the opportunity. I really hope that we're going to get some type of ball season for, for Nova Scotia, for Ontario, for Canada, that, uh, the, the, the top players are hopefully going to be able to get to the world tournament. But if not, um, I'll look forward to the 2022 world tournament and being back to the best in the game. Right on. Fingers crossed, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, take care. And uh, I envy you because you get to do all this stuff. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'll tell you what, Hopi, next time we uh, next time we get together in person, we will uh, have a couple of pops and, awesome. uh, and talk some more. Sounds great. Thanks, Blair. Take care of yourself. Okay, guys. All right, Thank you. Thanks, Blair. Take care. All right, man. Hi, Randy. Hey. What a great talk. You know... That guy's so lucky, but he loves it. And, yeah. but he, 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 you know, he followed his passion of wanting to broadcast and being proud of IC to what have you. Yeah. God damn. He's lucky. Yeah. Being able to like, not just like he gets to be a part of it. He was part of the ISC winning yeah. team. And also at the same time doing the broadcasting. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. How sick I would that be? I think he was cheating. <laughs> no, that's, Picking signs. Yeah. Right? Oh, that, shit. That's incredible. Yeah. But, uh. Man, he uh, probably has a lot more stories that he can't talk about on yeah, the radio here. Yeah. Are we on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we are. No. Hearing that Harv, the Harv Why Not story was oh. fantastic. I never it's knew It's funny about though, that. like Harv lives next door to me and Weiser is just down the valley. Yeah, exactly. Those guys, of course, bumming rides, for yeah. bums. Anyway, <laughs> before, uh, before we went on the air today. Yeah, uh, Yusuf. Went on the air today. <laughs> me talking about it like we're on the radio. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Where that, what, what? Before we went on the air, pre-recorded <laughs> 10 days before we actually released this. The air? Hi, and welcome back to Q109 FM. <laughs> Man, I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hitting the buttons, oh, bitch. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. Like, before we went on the air, I uh, was talking about, uh, I showed you a message that we got from, yeah, from uh, Yusuf. From yeah. Yusuf and and uh, he got a message from a from a guy up in Ontario in Kitchener yeah. saying, you know, uh, that he listened 
to Yusuf on outside the shoot and that, uh, actually I'll read it. I'll, I'll read yeah, the message. Please do because you're mumbling right now. What? Read Man, it. I've had three beer. Come on. <laughs> In the last five minutes. <laughs> anyway, he said, uh, Hey bro, just listen to your episode of outside the shoot and you most definitely inspired me to work harder and be a better fast pitch player. Have been playing for years in Kitchener and did play a little overseas, but took it for granted hearing all your successes. You have made, you have makes, makes me want, you have made me want to work harder and get to another level of fast pitch. I've only dreamed of playing. So thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. He's listened to outside the shoot too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah so you sent me a message, you know, thanking us for being able to put yeah. it on that platform we're, we're and promoting uh, him, promoting the sport. Yeah. People are listening. They're, they're getting ideas out of it. It's fantastic. Yusuf was, yeah, I mean, the guy's uh, a machine. Yeah. Cause what did he say? And he's really sore right now. Cause he just finished working out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I, uh, today I put out on social media about you know if anybody had any questions for yeah. the 50th episode yeah there's a lot of them though so there was one i know <laughs> yeah it was you you asked the one question is there a reading course i can take so i can read off my phone I know. while we're on the air oh, i gotta get to this <laughs> so anyway uh it was from dusty roads 29 that's not a wrestler <laughs> it used to be it was uh anyway yeah. back in the day american dream dusty roads okay i'm a wrestling fan by the way <sighs> Anyway, he wanted. He said, uh, "Loved your Rob O'Brien pod. Do you know if there's any games on YouTube of him pitching?" Well, Dusty, I went and looked, and I couldn't find any of him pitching. On but there YouTube. are some you porn videos, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was Robbie O'Brien. <laughs> Robbie O'Brien. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, uh, no. Out there. Sorry, Dusty. I uh, I checked and uh, I didn't come across anything, unfortunately. So actually, Robbie, if you do know of any, just shoot uh, Randy a text so we can get this message off to uh, Dusty Rhodes. To Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. The American Dream. Yes, sir. So fiftieth uh, episode done. Yeah, congratulations, Randy. Thanks. You I as thought, well. Oh, well, man. thanks. You're, We've, uh, you're welcome. But Is there anything that sticks out to you in the last, uh, you know, since we started? That I think things are coming across to us a little easier as far as conversation-wise goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that our the, the people that we get to come on our show are more than willing to come on, mm-hmm. which excites me because they want to talk about the sport that we love as well. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I thought people would be more nervous. But now I, I'm finding that people are realizing that it's just two dummies sitting yeah. in a basement. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, staring at, I'm staring at all your empty beer cans <laughs> and you don't even offer me anything to drink. You, man, you drank one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there's nothing to be nervous about. No. Yeah. No. Hence, Sean Cleary. <laughs> Adam Folkart. Jason, Jason Sanford. Sanford. Where are you guys at? Nothing to be scared of. <laughs> Wrong button. Wrong button. Oh, shit. Anyway, no, I I find it's it's been going great. How about yourself? Do you find anything different? No, no I just find as for, far as uh, like you know, I'm a, I'm a stickler for preparation. Of course you are. And Except I like having today. my notes. Yeah, today's the first one that I actually, you know, I had my the quick pitches and player association yeah, in front of, of me. But I mean, Blair provided us with with some material to go and you off and I, of. we knew that going in because he, yeah. he's seen way more than we have yeah and he's <laughs> in the broadcasting part of it so yeah. I mean he can talk yeah, obviously exactly. so yeah. I wasn't worried about that which uh, which uh, what was that noise I don't know. <laughs> that was a weird noise anyway but uh, yeah but I mean as far as from the start I mean the, the first few like I said before I think the first like up the first 20 I was nervous yeah like really like 
going into it, I'd have like a pit in my stomach, you know, butterflies right, and stuff yeah. like that. But now I'm, I'm confident doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's coming to you very easily. You can see it even with, the, and I, and I, I don't do any of the women's interviews, of course, cause you won't mm. let me, but, um, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that later <laughs> off air, but, uh, you sound confident when you're asking the questions. Mm. There's no question. I mean, listen, when you and I talked about this, I, I don't come with anything prepared. I mean, I know most of the people we're talking about either from watching them in the past or yeah. what have you. But I like to consider myself as just the the comedic background, and I like making fun of you because all you do is talk about fucking two thousand nine and that time you beat River, uh, Kitchener, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was and, a joke. And the fact that Lolly is talked about every episode, and, <laughs> and Lolly did send you a text. Yeah, he did. And Lolly, I am not mad at you at all, man. I like you a lot, but uh, we we gotta stop talking about you. <laughs> I know, man. I can't. Can you imagine that day when we meet in the beer tent and have a yeah. beer? Like, and he fucking knocks me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. And actually, speaking of him and Haley, their, their podcast going, oh, it's fantastic. going very yeah. well. And, uh, you know, so is everybody else, the boys down yeah. in New Zealand uh, with Beyond the Dugout and, yeah. and Two's, Two's Talk. Talk. Everything's Two's going well. well. Like it is. us promoting the game is is what we're doing it for. That's what it's all about. And I love it. Yeah, I love it too. a lot. Anyway, got uh, I'm going to be talking to Jen Sally next week. Sweet. From the Canadian Olympic team. Oh, awesome, man. That's going to be a really good interview. Yeah. And... After that, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we're going to be talking to Lyle Carter. Oh, nice. Very yes. good. Very good. Yeah. So uh, that could be a three-hour episode. That, <laughs> I love the man, but man, he talks. We're going to have to prepare. Like, oh, there'll be no swearing in that episode either. 100%. Yeah, there so won't be. You can try to not swear, hey, okay? Okay. <laughs> did I swear? I didn't swear at all this one. Actually, at the beginning, I did. But, you uh, should have. Anyway, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in for the first 50 episodes. Hopefully, we have another 50 on the go here. And, uh, you know, if you want to communicate with us, you can get a, like, if you want to hear whatever you want to hear on here, get a hold of us on social media, whatever it is, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah. We'll try to accommodate for sure. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, going forward. And if you have any complaints, yeah. just talk to Randy. Yeah. Or, uh, or don't, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, Hobie. Yeah. Let's listen Another to week. classified. Yes. So we're the, the what? Holy fuck, Randy. What the fuck is that? Yes, thou are. <laughs> That's just so, huh? That's like the podcast. The podcast. Anyway, let's get back to the podcast. All right. Have a good week, everybody. See you, buddy. Taking time off from the act and I gotta relax, I need a new beat Yo, for sure, I got a few treats You been up in the city long? Nah, only two weeks Cool, well, I'm sorry about the weather It's been raining all week, I hope it gets a little better Either way, class, listen I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on, you know I got some shit that'll break your neck I used up what I want, but you can take what's left Don't give me bullshit, dog. you know I blaze the set You know you got something safe for West I got an ill concept, hip-hop I will pay the real line destines, what? 1987, I've been rapping in the ciphers in the sessions And I'll still be getting stressed on the block You know it's hard to be hip-hop And ain't nobody staying real uh, Don't pay bills when you showcase skill uh, Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills Or painting train rails, that's real It's hard to be hip-hop
raps ain't real Cause I don't pack steel Then my tracks appeal And to the mass appeal Watch a fast say fail Yeah I'm hip hop son Until my casket sealed It's hard in the culture When the fans are fickle To understand my issue Your man will diss you One minute you're whack And then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again Your bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL And then they hated him And then they loved him again And they degraded him So lately basically I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest Let me see what type of shape Yo, I'm in Yo when I was younger Like 19 I could spend all day Writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cipher in the streets But now I got responsibilities Yo, it's hard to be hip-hop